and welcome back to Witch Fix. I'm very excited to be recording this episode because this marks the end of the massive pile of about 10 books that I took with me on my two week summer holiday. I finally got through everything because I had this big book of notes from all the books that I'd read and this is the very last one that I have to record because it's the one that I read right at the end of the pile and once that's done I can finally get back into reading new things. So hooray for me! So today I'm going to be talking about The Mistress of Spices and that is the novel by Chitra Banerjee Divakaruni and I'm apologising if I'm pronouncing any of that wrong. The book was published in 1997 by Black Swan and the author is actually an Indian American woman and a professor of the University of Houston's creative writing programme. So I knew that going in that this was going to be a well-written book and I was not disappointed, which is good because quite a lot of the other books that I took on holiday with me were not well-written at all. The Mistress of Spices is a novel that focuses very much on Indian herb folklore and various kind of issues brought up by being one, an, an Indian immigrant into America and also being a, an Indian woman in the changing cultures of both India and America. So it's what I would describe as quite a feminist novel and because of that I will include trigger warnings because it does involve topics such as spousal abuse and violence against immigrants. So go into it forewarned. I would describe it as being maybe the Indian version of Chocola, which is not to say that I think that it's derivative of Chocola or that indeed Chocola is copying this novel. It just follows the same sort of pattern of there is a woman who knows magic of some kind who runs a shop that becomes the focal point of a community and where people go to get help and that also there is a romance plot line in there as well that's quite a wide genre description and the books are very different i would probably say that chocolat is more of an easy read it's more humorous and comic and has less dark elements whereas this is much more serious and more literary on that end of the spectrum so definitely read both both are excellent books but depending on what mood you're in you might reach for one or the other uh, the plot of the book is that Tilo uh, who is the mistress of spices is a shopkeeper um, the early part of the book deals with her early life and how she discovered her magical gifts and how she was then kidnapped by pirates and she ended up on a mysterious and magic island being taught the uses of spices by the old one who trains all the new mistresses of spice and there are quite a number of young girls and when they finish their training they step into a magic fire and it sort of teleports them to... A different land in this case to America in some other cases they go to you know Germany and basically anywhere in the world where they appear in a new body with their spice shop already around them now the new bodies they're given are usually those of old women because there are lots of rules about being a mistress of spices and Tilo goes on to break most of them chiefly that they're never meant to leave the store they're not meant to touch anyone and they're not meant to use the spices for themselves also they're never meant to fall in love or have personal relationships so the majority of the first part of the book is taking up with Tilo's life story and then with the various problems that she's trying to help people with there is a boy who's being bullied at school because he's wearing a turban and he's foreign and she tries to help him to make friends 
and there's a lady who's being beaten by her husband and she tries to help her to sweeten his disposition and to get some courage so that she can find help with other women there's various different things like that however as Tilo begins to break the rules of being a mistress of spices the spices which are sort of seen as a separate entity start to turn against her and the help that she's given people becomes darker and twisted so for example the boy who she tries to get friends for and tries to make him be more confident he ends up joining a street gang and becoming involved in acts of violence and she has to try and get these people back on track from what the spices have ended up doing tilo's life as a mistress of spices is greatly complicated when a man comes into her shop whose name is raven and the book kind of implies that he's native american um, it doesn't i don't think ever say that outright but it is very heavily implied he needs some help he's sort of struggling with himself and with his own identity because his mother basically denied her entire heritage and married a white guy and then wouldn't let him talk to people who lived where she came from wouldn't let her talk to any of her relatives and very much estranged him from that aspect of himself so the two of them kind of have stuff in common they begin to fall in love and she breaks quite a lot of the rules um, she's told when she's doing her Mistress of Spice training that if you break the rules enough, uh, eventually you will receive a warning and the magic fire will come back and you have to go into it. Whether it will kill you or transport you somewhere else, you don't know. Basically, you have to accept the judgment of the spices and they will decide where you need to go. I really like this book. I like the way that it deals with the violence and sort of hatred that people who've emigrated from other countries specifically India in this case experienced in western civilizations like America that's basically Tito's job in that she's meant to be in the shop in places that aren't India to offer a kind of amnesty to these people and help them any way that she can it's sort of like being an unofficial embassy for Indian people on foreign soil in that they can come to her not only to get the foods and spices of their homeland and their childhood for some of them um, but also to receive the care and love which you would associate with a mother or your motherland I suppose in this kind of metaphoric universe it's really nice it's quite heartening the actual writing of the book is really poetic and beautiful it's really well written as I've said and the use of language is just incredibly lovely and it just creates so many vivid images I came to this book because I'd actually seen the film I think it's a film that my mum had on DVD at some point and must have told me, oh, this is like Chocolat, which is why I watched it. I've actually repurchased the DVD because I haven't seen it in a number of years. The film came out in 2005 and has quite a number of stark differences to the book in that in that one, the character of Tilo is played by Ashwarya Ray and she's obviously a very beautiful and sexy woman whereas Tilo for the majority of the book is meant to look like an old lady uh, which is a way of sort of curbing her desires to break rules if you see what I mean and to remain celibate. Another difference is that Raven the Native American guy is replaced by Doug who is played by Dylan McDermott and he's I don't think meant to be Native American in the film and 
their relationship is a lot more simplified really because in the book they do get along become friends and he says that he can see who she really is he doesn't really see this form that she's taken on he sees who she is at the, at the heart of her whereas in this obviously he doesn't have to do that because in the film as i said she's played by a very pretty lady uh also at the end of the book tilo spoiler alert gives herself to the fire that has come because she is a rule breaker and basically finds out that because she is willing to sacrifice everything because she is willing to face the spice's judgment which is that she be a powerless old woman without the spice shop alone and homeless then she is worthy of being spared their wrath and so she is allowed to become a young woman again and to go and be with raven even though at the end she then decides not to she decides she has to stay in the city and help people in the aftermath of an earthquake whereas at the end of the film um tilo sleeps with doug and then goes back to the shop and sets the shop on fire it's not really like the magic fire she just decides to burn the shop down with her inside it because she has broken the rules and then she finds that again because she's made that sacrifice she can have everything that she wants and she can be with doug and have the power of the spices at the same time so the film is an okay adaptation but it does change quite a lot of things which i think had kind of a lot of meaning in the story another difference which they changed up in the film is that she also helps various other people of different ethnicities who come into the shop uh, i think there's two african-american characters who frequent the shop and who she helps whereas in the book it's kind of frowned upon she's not really meant to help people who aren't indian that's who she's there for i don't know if that's because it's suggested that people who are of african descent have their own kind of guardian angel if you like in and they don't need mistresses of spice but it's not really explored in that way but i'm kind of glad they changed that for the film because at least it, it makes it a little bit more inclusive and makes the cast a little bit more diverse the ending of the book was a little bit disappointing to me I understood what was happening but there was a lot of back and forth so Tilo initially she uses the spices to create herself a goddess-like youthful body so that she can be beautiful and she can go to Raven for one night with him before she surrenders herself to the magic fire that will consume her. She goes she sleeps with him she leaves him a note saying that she can never see him again and then she goes back to the store to face judgment. Now, when she wakes up at the door, she realises that she's now an old lady again and that she's not going to have her powers. And she lays down to sleep in the spice shop for one last night under shelter before the shop disappears and she's left homeless and alone. When she wakes up, there's been an earthquake. Raven has come and rescued her and put her in the back of his car. And she also now has a young body and it's not the magical goddess body that she was given before. It is a new body that is hers. And that's when she realises the spices have sort of released her and she can be with Raven. But then there follow several occasions, I think two times she decides that she can't go with him. And they have a discussion when she says, I can't go with you, I can't do this. And then they resolve to be together and then they go and then they have another conversation where she says, I can't go, I can't do this, I have to go back. And it just felt like it was quite repetitive and quite drawn out. And I wish the ending had come a bit sooner than it actually did because... It felt like it was going nowhere fast. I'm going to read you a little bit from the very start of the book. I did like how on the front page, like sometimes in books that have 
medicine in them or like different kinds of herbal medicine and their fiction books there's like a little warning that says that you shouldn't attempt to follow the recipes in it um one particular example of this that's just jumped into my mind is the Roald Dahl book George's Marvelous Medicine there's a bit at the front that says don't try and make it um but it, it, I have seen it in other novels as well just before the book starts just before the title leaf it says a warning to readers, the spices described in this book should be taken only under the supervision of a qualified mistress. And I liked that quite a lot. I thought that was quite funny. All of the chapters in the book, except the first and last, are named after a specific spice. And they're named after the, those spices, I think, in English. Whereas usually within the text, the spices are referred to by other names that I'm not that great at pronouncing and I can't remember if there are any in the section I'm about to read but I'm very sorry if I get the pronunciation wrong. I am a mistress of spices. I can work the others too. Mineral, metal, earth, sand and stone. The gems with their cold clear light. The liquids that burn their hues into your eyes till you see nothing else. I learned them all on the island. But the spices are my love. I know their origins and what their colours signify and their smells. I can call each by the true name it was given at the first, when earth split like skin and offered it up to the sky. Their heat runs in my blood, from Amchur to Zafran, they bow to my command. At a whisper they yield up to me their hidden properties, their magic powers. Yes, they all hold magic, even the everyday American spices you toss unthinking into your cooking pot. You doubt? Ah, you have forgotten the old secrets your mother's mother knew. Here is one of them again. Vanilla beans soaked soft in goat's milk and rubbed on the wrist bone can guard against the evil eye. And here another. A measure of pepper at the foot of the bed, shaped into a crescent, cures you of nightmares. But the spices of true power are from my birthland, land of ardent poetry, aquamarine feathers, sunset skies brilliant as blood. They are the ones I work with. If you stand in the centre of this room and turn slowly around, you will be looking at every Indian spice that ever was, even the lost ones, gathered here upon the shelves of my store. I think I do not exaggerate when I say there is no other place in the world quite like this. You can see what I mean about the way the voice comes through the writing, how vivid the writing is. Like That definitely creates a lot of images in my mind and I can see each thing as she's talking about it, which I think is really lovely and the prose itself is really rich and satisfying which is exactly like its subject matter. Now the book did come out a while ago 1997 so I think if you want to buy copies of it you probably will have to buy it online although it probably has you know a vintage classics edition out there somewhere because like I said it's quite a, a literary book. The film came out in 2005 I don't know if you can still buy new copies of it but I got my copy online it was quite cheap I will say that the film and the book are very different. I like both, but for, for very different reasons. And the film is definitely much more akin to Chocolat than the book. But both are definitely worth a look. Also, I think at one point in the book, I, I was sort of wondering whether to use this one on the podcast, because although it is about a magic woman, I was kind of worried about labelling a woman, obviously from Indian background, as a witch, obviously because they'd have like their own word for it. But... There is a page, I think page six, where she's referred to as a witch woman. So I felt vindicated of including her on the podcast. And it's always nice to have a bit more variety and a bit more of an inclusive spirit. Because I feel like a lot of the books that are written about 
teenage which especially they tend to be white american girls and not in any way particularly diverse so i did like this one in that it offered up a whole new spectrum that was really refreshing to read about different spice law and different law in general even if it was law that was imagined by the writer because i don't know if the old one or the secret island of spice mistresses is something that she made up it does seem like it would be or if there is some basis for it in folklore of any kind i hope you enjoyed this episode remember you can get in touch on twitter at witchfix and you can email me which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com you can catch up the podcast on castbox but also via our youtube channel and there are playlists on that as well so you can just put an episode on and i will just talk to you while you do any number of mundane daily tasks you can also donate to patreon so that i can get my hands on some more lightly used books and i'll see you in the next episode bye